You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Tuesday, September 7th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Today, our episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Joining us again today for the second half of our two-part season preview, Ian Eagle, the preseason voice of the New York Jets. Ian calls Jets preseason games on WCBS in New York, and he also calls Jets games through the season on CBS and Westwood One Radio. Now, Ian, yesterday we finished the show by talking about the new quarterback, Zach Wilson. Let's talk about the pass catchers Wilson will have to throw to, and this on paper to me looks like a pretty deep group, but there's one guy in particular who generated a lot of buzz in training camp, and we did not see him in preseason because he suffered an injury. Do you get the sense the Jets are expecting big things out of Elijah Moore during his rookie season? I do get the sense that they're expecting big things. Uh, he has electrifying talent. Uh, he has the ability to separate. Uh, there's a burst to his skill set. And I think they believe he has a chance to be a major impact player at this level. Here's the one issue. We just haven't seen it. <laughs> We've seen it collegiately, but we're yet to see it even in a preseason game where you just want to see the separation and you want to see what everybody's talking about. We just haven't seen it. Others have seen it. People that have been at practice and certainly training camp before the injury, but we haven't seen it in live action. And that's why there's always going to be a hesitancy and you don't want to build it up too much, but everybody that we talk to offense, defense, if we brought up Elijah Moore's name, their eyes lit up like, oh, uh, and look, these are all great athletes, John. Uh, these are all guys that at one point or another were the best player on their respective teams at some level. They're used to greatness to get to the NFL. And for everyone to react in that manner, everybody, fellow wide receivers, the quarterback, defensive back, safeties, corners, anybody we asked about him, it was the same reaction. You know, it's not something that they talk about behind the scenes. Like, hey, when the media asks about Elijah Moore, we'd really like you to talk about how explosive he is. That's because they've seen it. They've experienced it. So I've got to trust that what they're seeing is the real thing. At some point, uh, he's going to have to pass the eye test of uh, football fans across America. And the hope is uh, this injury does not hinder him in any way, and he can get off to a good start and, and make his mark. What can you tell us about the anticipated role for Denzel Mims? Because heading into the offseason, I had him penciled in as a starter for the Jets, and then there was some buzz in training camp about how he was working with the second and third team offense. Is he expected to have a big role on this team? 
Yeah, I asked Robert Sell about that in our last meeting, just to get a, a little more background on, on what's going on. And uh, it does sound like the food poisoning that he suffered through really set him back, lost about 20 pounds, came back, uh, was not quite himself. Then we saw the performance in the giant preseason game and thought, oh, no, he's he's okay, he's good. Well, the injury left him as a non-participant the rest of the way with the hip. So it's a little bit incomplete right now. When I just go back in my conversations with what was talked about and where the focal point was, when we talked about the passing game, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, and Jamison Crowder, along with Keelan Cole, came up much more in conversation than Denzel Mims. So I just don't know. And and by the way, you know, Braxton Berrios at times as well. I just don't know where they see him. I don't believe it's, no, he's uh, demoted. He's not in the mix. I think he could still play a role, but it sounds like he's got some ground to make up in the way that uh, he is being seen and viewed for this year's version of the team. It's all very fluid. It can change in a heartbeat, as we know, based on injuries, based on performance. But to me, it doesn't sound like uh, he is a go-to guy right now by any stretch. Now let's talk about the offensive line. Of course, for the second straight year, the Jets drafted an offensive lineman in the first round. And that was after a 14-year stretch where they did not Elijah Vera Tucker missed a lot of time in training camp and preseason due to an injury. Is there any concern about the chemistry on the offensive line with Vera Tucker missing all of this preparation time? I think there should be. Uh, I, I think the one thing that rookies need are reps and just to get a, a feel for live action. And yeah, the joint practices clearly help and the practice sessions help. but communication with Becton, with Vera Tucker, with McGovern. It's very important. Now, again, everything that we hear, we talked to Joe Douglas in the final preseason telecast, and he raved about Elijah, about his skill set, about what they expect from him, about his athleticism. Uh, that's all great, but it's incomplete. Again, we just have not seen it. I don't think they're that concerned about him in particular. Uh, there might be more concern about the collective unit because you have a, a young quarterback and teams are going to do everything in their power to throw Zach off his game and give different looks and attack him in different ways. And that offensive line is going to have to hold up. Uh, it, it popped up occasionally in camp about Makai Becton and the Jets downplayed it in any questions in regards to his performance or the fact that in practice, it sounded like he was uh, getting beat consistently by Carl Lawson, uh, which will be a whole other topic, I'm sure, for us. But that's a proof-is-in-the-pudding setup right now in the offensive line. They believe they're better. They believe they're going to be respectable in that area. Uh, that That's going to be a huge question for this team because of how interconnected they are with the rookie QB. The new NFL season is almost here. You'll be seeing the Jets play on Sunday. You'll be hearing Ian call games on CBS. 
And Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the latest updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. Open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. And be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the September 9th season opener between the Buccaneers and the Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Now, I'd like to get your opinion on this. I think it's pretty obvious the Jets did not put Sam Darnold in a position to succeed. That doesn't mean that Darnold is blameless in his failure to develop, but I think almost any young quarterback would have had a difficult time in the surroundings the Jets put him in when you talk about the offensive line, when you talk about the lack of playmakers. It seems to me they've done a much better job. And if nothing else, Wilson has a fighting chance. And I think that if Wilson does not succeed, there's no way you're going to look back on this and say they put him in a position to fail. They've given him what on paper I think should be a pretty solid offensive line. Um, I think they've given him pass catching targets would you agree with that assessment yeah uh, I would say that's a very fair assessment Uh, I went back I didn't have uh, a jet regular season tv game last year and that's a rarity I I usually get at least one I did that have them on the radio a couple of times and I looked back at my notes and it was it was the worst collection of skill position players in the NFL I don't think there's any doubt about that I'm not trying to say that uh, as hyperbole it just was. They did not have uh, enough weapons for Sam Darnold to work with in 2020 and then throw in the offensive line as well. So everything you said was accurate. He was not put in a position to succeed. Uh, I think you can go into 2021 with a very clear understanding that they have surrounded Zach Wilson with much more than Sam Darnold had in the previous season. How does it translate? We don't know. But they are doing everything in their power to put Zach Wilson in a spot where he can flourish or at least develop this year and have some things to build on for 2022. Now let's move to the defensive side of the ball. And my first question has to be about this group of corners, because when I look at this, you see neither anybody with a track record of success in the NFL, nor do you have anybody with a high draft pedigree. It's one thing to not have anybody with the track record, but if you have like a first round pick or a second round pick, you can say, okay, well, this guy's a blue chip prospect. Can you give us any sort of insight as to what's going on at that position? I cannot. I I see it as a major weakness. Uh, they might believe that they can scheme and that they can develop talent. And maybe that's part of what Robert Sala uh, sold the Jets on that, hey, this is my area of expertise. I can create pressure and I can hide some things in the secondary uh, based on what we're doing scheme-wise. They believe May and Joyner will do their jobs well, so they feel good about the safety spot. Obviously, the Bless Austin decision was surprising. Uh, Third-year player, not a high draft pick, sixth-round draft pick, again, 
no connection to this current front office. Joe Douglas did not run that draft, so it's not a a player that that he had fallen in love with. Bryce Hall, fifth round draft pick, uh, sharp young guy. We talked to him in the preseason. I don't know. I don't know how any of this is going to play out. They are very high on Brandon Eccles. I think they're high on Jason Pinnock. Isaiah Dunn uh, struggled at the things that I was looking for in the preseason, but that comes with growing pains. This is uh, this is a huge potential Achilles heel for, for the Jets. Uh, that's one area where you can get embarrassed in this league is the secondary. There's a lot of things that happen on line play. There are assignments with linebackers that we're not even aware of when things happen on the field. But in the secondary, that's for everybody to see. You're on an island, and if it's not going well, uh, everybody knows it. So that's, that's a legitimate area of concern for this group. The only thing that I can even think of is, as you alluded to, they think they can coach these guys up in the back of the defense, and they built this defensive line to try and help cover for them they, they're they essentially mm-hmm. trying to generate pressure I mean I'm not sure you necessarily needed to go this young and this inexperienced in the secondary but of course a lot of that was contingent on Carl Lawson you look at where the Jets spent this offseason there was a lot of money spent on the defensive line and yes. Carl Lawson was the big addition and they also brought in Vinnie Curry as well both of those guys are injured Lawson's out for the season the Jets of course did make a trade for Shaq Lawson which I liked but I'm, I'm not sure you can expect Shaq Lawson to make up for make up completely for the loss of Carl Lawson. Do you think that there's enough up front to generate the type of pressure the Jets are going to need? Well, I, I really like their interior. That combination to me will be fierce with Quinnen and Sheldon Rankins. I just think that tandem will get the job done, and you know they like Fadakasi and, and believe that that he can be not just a role player in this league, but but could be a, a player that people are aware of. Edge rushing, you know, Bryce Huff is someone that opened a bunch of eyes, but we're still talking about an undrafted free agent that uh, anything that, that he gives at this stage would be considered gravy because he's not a proven commodity. Shaq Lawson sounds like it's a much better situation for him, much better scheme for him opportunity to to resuscitate his career you nailed it he he's not going to be carl lawson uh, the the fact of the matter is this was all built around carl fulfilling the kind of promise that he has shown but injuries have played such a a key role in in him not being mentioned amongst the better edge rushers in the nfl so that was some bad luck and a gut punch for them. Linebacking core, you're asking a great deal again of young players, whether it's Sherwood and Nasrul Dean, C.J. Mosley missed an entire season, really missed two seasons if you think of it, but missed an entire season of contact when he opted out. So you've got question marks uh, all along that defense, but this is what Robert Sala does. So if there is an area where – 
you would have question marks. Your hope is that he's got a handle on it, and he and his coaching staff, Jeff Ulberg included, uh, can coach these guys up and come up with that uh, team mentality to to get this thing done. Let me follow up on C.J. Mosley because I'm not really sure what to expect out of him this year. He was a perennial pro bowler in Baltimore, but as you mentioned, he's essentially missed two straight seasons. What are the Jets' expectations for him this year? Well, their expectations is that he returns to the form that we saw in Baltimore prior to the injury. They need him to play at a high level. They need him to be a leader. They need him to be an elite run stopper. Uh, They need him to be an explosive hitter. They need all those things. Uh, This is not up for debate. Uh, If C.J. Mosley is a shell of the guy that he was, this defense is going to suffer. He is one of the key cogs in, in what Robert Sala is trying to do here. And I understand where you're coming from. It's, it's a question mark right now of what he's going to look like and what he's going to be for this team when the smoke clears. But if you're asking me what they expect and need, it's everything that I listed. If, if he doesn't have an impact season, uh, there's going to be serious problems on that side of the ball. I get the sense that the Jets are very excited about Nasrul Dean. Is that an accurate assessment? Yeah, uh, that would be my take, uh, that they just believe he has a chance to to be the kind of player that Robert Sala loves. Versatile, you don't know what he's going to do when he's out there because he can drop and his speed will allow him to make up some ground. Uh, certainly, the range is there because of his background as, as a college defensive back. You know, he's someone that dealt with injuries himself. 2019 at Florida State, he dealt with an ACL. But the idea is he can match up with tight ends, and he really fits what Sala likes to do, that multiple look. And I would presume that the Jets are banking on uh, being very well schooled and that these guys can understand what it is Salah is doing week to week, and that's going to make up for some of the inexperience. Uh, they're banking on that right now because it's a whole bunch of rookies. And, and Coach Salah didn't shy away from it. When we asked him about these rookies, he said, hey, look, seven, eight, nine of those guys could easily start. This was before the Lawson injury. And – that's an accurate statement. Look around the team. They're going to have a lot of rookies in primetime roles. So uh, they're going to they're gonna get their education in a hurry. Now, a guy who's been around the Jets for a few years is Marcus May. He's playing this season out under the franchise tag. I think it's an interesting decision for the Jets, whether they look to strike a long-term deal with May because I think outside of his second season where he was really banged up, he's been everything you could have asked for in a second round pick. On the other hand, not necessarily a guy who plays a premium position and he is approaching 30. How do you see the Jets approaching the May situation? Do you think he'll be with this team long-term? I think it'll be based 
squarely on performance this year. He's being put in a position where he can do a lot, where Robert Sala will entrust him with a lot. He's not the flashiest of guys, and that's worked in the past. I think this year there might have to be some more splash plays for him. They respect the fact that uh, he's tough and that he's got good range and his coverage skills are are excellent. The leadership part is going to be a huge key. Uh, They're asking him to to head up that back line. Uh, LaMarcus Joyner, the communication with him and maybe picking up some tips from Joyner along the way as well. But if you're asking me about long-term, it's going to be completely based in whether or not he delivers this year and makes game-changing plays, not just steadiness from that position. We're talking today with Ian Eagle about how the Jets tried to fix their roster during the offseason. And if you need to fix your car or truck, go to Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every customer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, maybe Ian's calling the game, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. No, the Jets did not have a great special teams unit last year, which was a departure because the previous two seasons... It had been one of the big strengths of the roster. The Jets actually went out in free agency and they got a guy from New Orleans, Justin Hardy, who is a was an ace special teamer. Do you get the feeling that that was one of the under the radar focuses of the of the front office this offseason, improving the special teams unit to try and get it back to where it was in 2018 and 2019? I think so. Uh, they kept Brant Boyer, so there's a belief that. It's not coaching. There's a belief that they needed better personnel. Look, it, last season, everything fell apart, all of it. <laughs> they they just didn't do anything right. Offense, defense, special teams. It was a bad year all around. And I don't want to use 2020 as the benchmark of, well, that's just who they are. I do think they can get back to uh, where they were prior. Uh, they... Obviously, we'll have to respond to coaching as well. That's going to be a big part of it. You've got a bunch of hungry, young guys. And with that comes mistakes, but also comes aggressiveness. And on special teams, 
that's often the case. Who wants it more? And who's going to do that little something extra that makes the difference in a ball game? Uh, so I, I'm not going into the season overly concerned. Uh, I think there's some trust there with, with Boyer and, and his group that he can get that thing straightened out. And, yeah, you're right about Hardy. That's why he's on this team. Uh, look, look at what he does. That's the reason why he's on the team. He's never been talked about being a, a player that they're going to rely on defensively. Uh, he's there because of what he brings to that unit and their acknowledgement that they need to improve in that area. Do you think they're confident with Matt Amendola as the kicker, or do you think that they will have a new kicker by the time they play Carolina? I think they're confident in him. I don't think that was uh, just uh, you know coach speak when we talked to Robert Sala. Uh, he was very impressed with Amendola's leg strength and the fact that they made some corrections. They met with Boyer. When they worked him out, Boyer gave the go-ahead that he felt they could make the adjustments necessary to harness it and turn him into an NFL kicker. So... That's a position that we know is not exactly one uh, that uh, you should buy when you're moving into a new town. You definitely rent as a kicker in these cities because I don't care who you are and I don't care what your resume is. If you don't produce at that position and you lose games, you lose your job. If you're asking me my gut feeling I think they're going to go with the kid to start and he'll get a chance to hold on to this job as the season goes on. So far, so good. In the preseason, he answered the bell every time the big lights came on where he had to go out and and make a kick. He did it. And that's all you can go off of. I'm not privy to what's happening in practice, but my understanding is he's been everything that they hoped for in a young kicker that they could develop and maybe be a part of this thing long term. I've been asked a couple times what I think would constitute a successful season for the Jets. And I think it's difficult to put like a win total on it. Now Mm -hmm. I'll say this, if the Jets win two games again, it's going to be very difficult for the season to be a success. But what are some of the benchmarks you think would constitute a successful year for the Jets? Competitiveness, professionalism. I think that's really what irked Jets fans last year and the organization for that matter. There were just times where, They didn't even belong on the field with the team that they were going up against. And that's a, that's a, a a visceral feeling that we all get when you're watching a game and you know, in your gut, that team can't play with that team. That's hard as a fan. So I think they're going to need to see a, a level of competitiveness that they didn't see last year And the previous year, it was a similar vibe, but the hope was with a young quarterback that they would find some ways. That has to happen this year. Win total, look, of course you have to get into numbers because there's a reason why they keep score at the end of the game. These these games count. They go on your permanent record. And if you're Robert Sala, the goal is to be a winning head coach. You only get a finite amount of time to – to prove yourself in that position as well. Take Cincinnati as an example. It's got to start happening soon for the Bengals. There's only so many years where they let you lose double-digit games year after year after year. 
So if I had to put a number on it, I, I would say that five win area is probably what you're looking at, but it's how you win those five games. And what do those 12 losses look like and feel like? Uh, you know, you know in your gut when you're watching and following a team, if a team is getting close and is at least in the general zip code that you have to be in to be competitive in this league. Let me put you on the spot for a second. Outside of Zach Wilson, which Jets addition, either through the draft or free agency, do you think makes the biggest positive impact in 2021? I think Corey Davis is going to have a big season. I really do. Uh, I think uh, he's got all the physical attributes. Uh, the issue with him previously had been injuries, getting off to a slow start. Last year, he actually had an outstanding season with Tennessee. The Jets paid him. And I think he and Zach have something. There's something there already. So if you were going to ask me which guy's going to stand out, who's going to live up to the salary and to the expectation, I think Corey Davis will have a, a strong year. And where, where are you beginning this season on CBS? Uh, opening the season in Buffalo, Pittsburgh at Buffalo week one. And pretty incredible to me that uh, when I got that assignment and word got out uh, a little bit here and there to people that most that reached out in regards to that matchup were asking about Buffalo, that there's a curiosity with Buffalo and if this team can get over the hump and be a Super Bowl champion. Normally, if you say Pittsburgh, Buffalo, everybody would focus in on Pittsburgh, but that shows you how far that organization has come and how they're viewed right now around the NFL. And my last question is one I feel I need to ask. And if you are a longtime listener of this podcast, you probably know what's coming. And if you have not listened to one of my interviews with Ian in the past, you might be a little bit confused, but I have a long-term obsession with the jackets that CBS announcers wear with the CBS logo <laughs> on them. So Ian, I have to ask, is there going to be a new jacket this year? Are you going to leave me in suspense? You know, I probably shouldn't answer that because it would mean viewership would go up out of curiosity, at least in your household. But I will answer it. And the answer is same jacket, same style, same cobalt blue tone to it. No change. Same look. 38 short for me. That's that's what we're going with. I and my friend, thank you so much for joining today. Always great to chat with you. John, my pleasure. In my mind, our streak is alive. I don't believe last year should count. So I don't know how many years this is, but for me, it, it's still a streak. Uh, believe me, I and all Jets fans wish last year did not count. <laughs> exactly. So it didn't count. It's all a blur. It was a dream. Uh, for some, it was a nightmare. Well, we look forward to doing it again in the future. <laughs> That's our show for today. Thank you for listening, and thanks to our special guest, Ian Eagle, for stopping by the last couple of days. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a five-star review. Have a great Tuesday, and send in your mailbag questions, because tomorrow we have our week one mailbag. <laughs>